Welcome to Rehuman. This is a podcast about people and culture. We host thoughtful conversations about designing a future that is more interconnected and community driven. If you like the show, please consider subscribing to my Patreon. It's one way you can support my work and help keep this podcast ad free. Today I'm speaking with David Eaton. He is the community director of Punta Mona, an off-grid permaculture farm working to pioneer a more sustainable way of life. In this episode, he shares some of his experience working at Punta Mona and the contrast between his life in the jungle compared to living in the United States. So, yeah, my name's Dave. I was the community director the last three years at Punta Mona, uh, which is a community retreat center, permaculture farm uh, located in Costa Rica on the Caribbean coast, right near the border of Panama. Uh, We've been running for 27 years. It it was originally a, a cacao uh, slash fishing village uh, from from uh, you know the 19th and 20th century uh, that eventually everybody left and and uh, the the land was was kind of brought uh, you know to to becoming a, a food forest and permaculture farm uh, and so we would run retreats from permaculture to herbalism to mycology and and just share with people off grid living and it, you know really became more and more about sharing the lifestyle uh, of Punta Mona. I, I had previously worked at some retreat centers and communities, and the reason I love Punta Mona so much is we really focus on tangible skills. We focus on like real things that you can do in the world to, to make impacts, you know, how to grow your own food, how to process food, um, how to make medicine out of, out of the plants around you, and really focusing on that, focusing on local impact, um, we love doing yoga, we love doing breath work, we love doing all those things, but for me it really became important to be pairing that with actual solutions. I think sometimes, you know, we can get lost in 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 the in the ethers a little bit there and, and so for <laughs> me grounding the grounding it back in the earth is really important. Um and to share those skills with people uh was really was really incredible. How how would you, maybe you kind of already did this, but how would you describe off grid living? Like what's a what's a day to day? You know, it's day at Punta so Mona? so we're we're off grid in that you know we're we're located kind of on the backside of a mixed use wildlife refuge. So it's mm-hmm. it's somewhat of a park, but it also has private properties inside of it. Um, and so we're you know it, you there's no roads to get in here. You have to either hike in through the jungle or take a boat. Um, and, and so it's, you know, we, we're living on, uh, you know, our own well water, uh, solar power here. And we're really, you know, under the goals of, of using what's on the land and not, not bringing in things from outside. Um, it means sourcing our own materials for, for housing, such as bamboo, uh, fallen trees, things like that, kind of recycling materials a lot. Um, and, and yeah, living, living here in abundance. And, you know, I I think what I loved was, you know, people often think like, Ooh, off grid living, compost toilets, these things, like it sounds like a downgrade and, and to (laughs) really show people like, yeah, maybe you don't have like constant hot water and some of these things that you really, you really feel like you need. But after a few days you realize like, Oh, I don't need any of those things. And, and so Mm. much of the things we're, we're so attached to humans didn't have you know 50 years ago 100 years ago uh you know electricity is still relatively new in in our species and um you know we have it here uh we use it conservatively um but i i like that 
you know, there was a connection to the actual resources. When it was a rainy day, you didn't have as much electricity. When it's been dry for a week, you don't have as much water. And so you have to maintain a level of awareness uh, with your ecosystem that's different than I turn mm. my tap on and it comes on and I don't have to think about where the water comes from. I don't have to, it's just there. And, you know, that, that allows us to take it for granted a little bit. Um, and so to, to just have those moments where it's like, yeah, we're low on water. So be, you know, take a faster shower, those sorts of things, um, helps connect people with the fact that like, oh yeah, my behavior is connected to my ecosystem. And that's, hmm. you know, um, so, so in ways, you know, we were kind of a, a closed loop, but it also became, you know, that, that also became clear. It's not the ideal for, for me personally in our community, you know, there's, there's often an emphasis on uh, individuality in our culture. Like we get... Being a closed loop was not ideal or... Sorry, I just... Yeah, you know, on on a level, you know, it's it's an ideal that a lot of people strive for. We want everything to be, you know, in in this closed loop system. Well, I I came to see that, you know, that's a great idea, but it it takes away the ability to share with your neighbors. And, you know, we Mm. we are just down the beach from the small community of Gandoka. And uh, we you know, source things from there as much as we can. We would get eggs and flour and, and eventually they were growing rice and, and these things that we loved supporting them. They don't have a lot of incomes over there. The main employer was us and a banana plantation. Um, and hmm. other than that, it's pretty isolated. There's not tourism too much there. We're, we're trying to bring some more ecotourism in there. Um, but it, you know, it, 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 I realized like if we just grow everything ourselves we're not it it doesn't allow that sort of relationship with our neighbors and and it was you know one of my favorite stories in that is you know we we've we have chickens here we had a period where all our chickens got uh eaten by an ocelot which is uh a big jungle cat and i I say eaten but really just killed like the ocelot got in the pen and pretty much just killed all the chickens and and didn't really eat much of any of them um so we had this period where we had no chickens so we started you know, really sourcing our eggs from, and we had sourced eggs from them other times, but uh, some some families in Gandoka. And, you know, as we got our chicken back and got our egg production up, you know, we thought about it. We're like, well, we don't want to stop supporting, you know, this, this family in Gandoka. Hmm. And we actually ended up giving the majority of the eggs to the people who were our employees. So even though on some level it might seem silly to bring eggs in, you know, by horseback with the people coming into to work and then sending eggs out with them there was something to me that was really beautiful about that connection that that created and that you know that kind of really stuck with me the idea of like closed loop is great but it's also really Mm -hmm. a reflection of our over idealistic or like the way we over idealize individuality in our culture um in Mm -hmm. in western culture like the the idea is to be self-sufficient and to not need anybody and and we demonize concepts of codependency in these things and and you know it's kind of this you know the more i live in community and the more i see like no interdependency is beautiful it's it's part of life and the way nature works and and when we think that we need to you know we put ourselves in this box of being an individual and needing to meet all our own needs um and then we feel unhappy and then we blame ourselves because whose fault is it? It's the individual's fault. So, hmm. you know, more and more I, I came to see, and that's, that's what I loved about being in this bubble away from society for, for three years is just <laughs> you realize these, these assumptions that are part of our 
everyday mindset that because we've all adopted them, it's hard to see them until you really start getting right. new perspectives. And, yeah, and that hard. was the other. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say it's hard to see what you're swimming in. If if everyone's yeah, what I forget what the phrase is when you're the fish in water and everything around you is water, you know nothing else. But yeah, you know I I had I had. Uh, not traveled too much of the world before I came to Punta Mona and hmm. being around people from all around the world was really beautiful because it, it helped me see that like so many of the things that I thought, oh, this is part of being human. I realized, no, this is part of being a human raised in the U.S., you know, in the in the 21st century. That's like hmm. that's more what it's about. The context is so important. Uh, one of my my first week here I, you know, was figuring out my housing. There was some shuffling going on. So I picked the worst housing at Punta Mona because I wanted to live alone. And I knew, okay, there's other <laughs> spots that will, people will fill in before they want to come live with me in this, in this little kitchen loft that's all smoky and not great. And, uh, and then this all excited and he moved in with me. And I was like so confused because there was another room with nobody in it. And I realized like, oh, some people actually like, like, prefer to live with people and share a room and these things but I grew up you know uh, an only child with my own room and so I didn't even conceive that you could want to share a room with somebody so anyway <laughs> wow that's fascinating I I would have never known that about you so are you historically would you consider yourself quite introverted and uh, in that you you yes. do like a lot of alone time like was that you was know, that the you I've that grew been up kind of a, prior to Punta a Mona? Mix of the two. Like I really value my alone time, and um, and yet I can be like when I'm comfortable with people, I'm super social. So it would actually get me into trouble when I was in school because, you know, I would be really comfortable hmm. with my friends and very outgoing, very charismatic, and laughing and joking. And then there'd be somebody new, and I'd be super awkward and quiet, and I wouldn't know how to talk to them. And so they would see this juxtaposition of my behavior and think it was personal mm. um and i i you know had people come to me later in in life and be like oh yeah i thought you hated me i thought you you know really didn't like me and i just was like oh i didn't you know i couldn't see out of my own mm. anxiety uh at that point so yeah it, it's interesting you know a place like punta mona we see so many people and come through and we have to constantly be meeting new people but a lot of the people who really gravitated towards living here and being in the community did so mm -hmm. because they're somewhat of an introvert and want kind of this this peace and quiet life so it it, it wasn't all, always an interesting yeah yeah exactly yeah the closed loop yeah <laughs> they want the closed so loop so much huh yeah and and, and how do they like because i imagine you've changed through the process of being there and i'm curious how yeah. like these people who come and and I think, like, maybe let's just use Western culture as an example, because I, that's very relatable for me. I currently live in Canada. There's a yeah. lot of, um, like, subtle isolationism here where, you know, people like to be kind of cooped up in their own houses. Like, I've been walking around a lot in the city. I just moved back to the city and just feeling like nobody, nobody talks to each other. Everybody has their fences. Like, it's so strange. So you see people like that who are who have grown up in this yeah. world come to Punta Mona how do they change in being there how have you seen them uh, react to you know because mm -hmm. I've been to Punta Mona as well and I know that um, you know you can go for a solo walk on yeah. the, in the jungle um, but you're in a yeah. you're in a big community and it's, yeah. you're not 
which you're running many of those are shared as and you're, well. You're, 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 yeah, and every is. space is almost a shared space, like minus maybe you your You know, it's bedroom. always funny here because so, on a sunny day, it feels like there's infinite space. You know, you can go on yeah, the beach and, many of those and you can go on hikes and do all this thing. And then it rains for two days and everyone realizes how, you know, how closed quarters mm. it is because you're like, where do I go? I just want to be alone right now and, and I don't want to go get wet. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, watching people grow and and kind of mm-hmm. change through their experience of being here was what what fueled me that's what i loved about my role um you know i worked kind of overseeing the the community itself managing you know a group of volunteers who who are are here out of service and love for for this lifestyle and want to learn many people who came in knowing nothing kind of like me you know i had a experience in community and and had done a little bit of gardening and things like that but this lifestyle was was very new for me um mm. and so you know watching people kind of go through that growth is is really cool and you know what it taught me specifically was was really about um just how how people self-organize and really uh you, you know i i realized i don't need to micromanage people and more and more that became my goal it was like i don't want like i didn't like micromanaging people i didn't like babysitting people i didn't you know i would I would say that, like, I don't want to babysit your time. I want to, I want to help you discover your passion Hmm. and I want to like unleash you into it. Um, and that, that was for me the real joy and to, to see how people responded to kind of taking off those restraints. And so when people would come in more and more, it was about helping them really tap into what are their rhythms. You know, our programming kind of had two two main parts to it we had some really great structured learning things like an herbalism course where your time is mapped out from from sunrise to sunset every day that you're here and you're just like loaded full of like amazing knowledge Um, and then the other was more of this unscripted sort of off-grid living immersion where you would kind of get dropped into this container have access to everything we were doing because you know in a day in Punta Mona is so dynamic you know, you have people out working in the land. You have people harvesting herbs and, and making medicine. You have people hmm. doing farm-to-table dinners pretty much every day. Um, so, you know, every morning it's like, hey, this is what the community's doing. You can get involved as you'd like. And watching people kind of get to surf what they wanted to do. And if, if they'd rather lay on the beach, then great. Like, tap into that. Um, and that that was really beautiful to see and more and more it was like i don't i don't this isn't a place where you come to work in exchange for for being here like we were more and more trying to get away from the concept of work like we're all just living life like our our western ideas of kind of compartmentalizing our work life and personal life it makes sense in some environments but more and more for me personally i i love having it all blend together you know, people would give me a hard time sometimes because I'd, uh-huh. you know, just start working when I woke up and I loved what I was doing.